0: Happy Cinco de Mayo! And welcome to Victory of the People. Yes, folks, it is Cinco de Mayo. I'm your host, Nicolás Castaneda. And yes, also, it is Taco Tuesday. So we have Cinco de Mayo on a Taco Tuesday, folks. I mean, could life be any more perfect? (laughs) <laughs> uh, how, how's everybody doing i hope everybody had a great weekend hope your monday was great um you know what i mean i think a lot of the uh a lot of businesses are coming back to life there uh there's a lot more uh people being allowed to go back to work and uh, just when you thought covid19 the coronavirus was in our rearview mirror guess what just decides to show up out of nowhere murder hornets yes folks i said murder hornets and i like to say it like that because it sounds you know more suspenseful when i say murder hornets so uh i'm i'm watching television listening to uh you know watching the old twitter feed Uh, i popped open my twitter now and uh, checking that stuff out there's a lot of good information and bad information on there good uh, content to uh, absorb however you want. And, uh, you know, started coming across these uh, murder hornet scare that uh, people are saying that they have now arrived in North America, these murder hornets. And it's like, who names a hornet a murder hornet? So I decided to look up a little bit of information about these murder hornets. And apparently they are Asian giant hornets, one of the lar- or the largest hornet in the world. Um, they can grow up to, I believe, about two inches long, uh, which is a pretty big-ass hornet. <laughs> um, uh, they look cool if you you look it on the internet and you Google them. I and mean, they got cool little colors, I man little little black, little little yellow and black. But they're huge, and they got these. Uh, their stingers or their teeth or whatever the fuck they have on them. Uh, it's long enough to puncture a beekeeper suit. So that's kind of, uh, it's kind of scary. Um, they carry uh, seven times the amount of venom as a regular honeybee would if he stung you. So that's about seven times. And also they can uh, sting multiple times without anything happening to them. So um, they seem to be equipped to uh, handle their own. Um, But the murder hornet part, I mean, who I think who names it murder hornets unless they want to, you know, cause up a frenzy about these murder hornets and saying that they had now arrived in North America. Oh, my goodness. Um, But I think they got their name murder hornet uh, because if you do some research, they originate from Japan, I believe. And they, according to the reports, uh, I was checking CNN, they said that. They've kill, murder hornets or these giant Asian giant hornets. They kill up to fifty people a year. Um, yeah. So I mean, I they do have a uh, they do have a kill a kill rate. So I mean, murder. I guess they are murdering. But I'm pretty sure that people were fucking with them, and probably stepped on their their hive. That I believe the it says that they have their their hives are underground. So. Excuse me, I'm sure someone stepped on a motherfucker and was like, or they were poking it or hunting them like humans do. They want to go fucking find things that can kill you or be the first to find this or experience that. So uh, they do kill, but it takes you have to get stung multiple times, which means you probably got to piss some murder hornets off or go looking for that shit for you to get killed. So everyone can just calm down and relax. They're not going to come knocking on your door or flying through your window or coming down your chimney to come murder you in your house, okay? It's not going to happen. Relax, everybody, okay? So it's one of, you know, uh, it's one of, there's a couple videos out there. There's a guy who actually let one sting him, and he's like screaming in pain. I have not watched it, but I heard that there's one out there. Also, uh, a murder hornet, Attacked a mouse or someone put a mouse in there with the murder hornet and it actually killed the mouse by repeatedly stinging it So, I mean the venom is real Uh, They do have some uh, they do have some power But I mean they're not they're not looking after humans if anybody should be scared it should be honeybees or barry b benson for all you people that have kids out there and who saw a bee movie (laughs) Oh, man My kids love that movie because Jerry Seinfeld goes, you like jazz? (laughs) Anyway, sorry, sidetracked. Back on point. Murder hornets. Uh, So they basically wipe out colonies of bees, of honeybees, right? And so that's what everyone's panicking about is, you know, because of the pollination and uh, all the stuff that bees do to help uh, nature and all that. Uh, These murder hornets apparently love to get them some bees, and these fucking hornets will go inside these colonies and just, they, I uh, believe the stat is, I don't know where they come up with these fucking stats. Uh, here I am, the the guy who doesn't believe anything on that he reads. He, I'm just trying to give you guys some information that's out there. Uh, I believe they can, they take out about 40 honeybees per minute or something like that. Uh, like one murder hornet or something could take out, I don't know. They basically annihilate these these uh, colonies of bees, and they do it by decapitating them, uh, which is ripping their heads off, and then they feed the bodies to their kids. So these hornets go and basically murder. There you go. There's a the name. They murder these bees, and they feed their torsos to their their up-and-coming uh, murderous children. So, I mean, they're no joke to bee, to honeybees. I mean... Anybody, like I said, honeybees probably call them murder hornets uh, because that's probably their worst goddamn nightmare. Uh, could you imagine having somebody or some kind of anything specifically just want to hunt you down and, and rip your heads off and feed your body to your their kids? I mean, that is hor- that's horrific. Um, but yeah, that's been all the rage. You know, that, that's all you see is popping up murder hornets, murder hornets. So to me, I started thinking. I'm like, all right, one of two things is happening here: the government and the media. Either they don't want you going outside ever because the pandemic now is starting to die down, and immediately murder hornets are out there. Okay, so now they're tr- maybe they're trying to scare people to just stay inside some more. Uh huh. Or, or Mother Nature is sending us multiple signals to stop fucking around with this world because she is unleashing things that we probably have no clue that are as dangerous as they are. Yes they they're in they're in Japan and stuff like that, but now she's expanding it. You know, mother nature is just expanding her arsenal, kind of just flexing her muscles real quick, like look, I'm going to hit you with this pandemic real quick with this slight little disease. It's going to kill some people, which is very sad. It's going to cause everyone to freak out and stay home. And then now I'm going to hit you with a little bit of some murder hornets. (laughs) So uh, one of those two things is happening. But I just think I find it strange that the, the coronavirus is dying down and then now murder hornets is popping up. So, I mean, I wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if somebody is behind all this is you know, trying to keep everybody in a, in a panic. Um, but you know, they're bees, they're giant bees and they're not hunting humans. So you guys don't have to worry about it. Okay. So (laughs) that's what caught my attention over the weekend, uh, is these damn murder hornets. Um, and, uh, also over the weekend, what is just, I mean, I think it's one of the great, perfect timing too. I mean, on multiple fronts for Michael Jordan, it's perfect timing because he just came in. I think he just came out with the brand-new Jordan shoe, which he doesn't need help selling. But, I mean, he has his documentary going out now. Uh, the episodes five and six went out on Sunday. If you if you haven't watched it, even if you don't like sports, okay, even if you don't like sports, you know who Michael Jordan is, and you know who Dennis Rodman is. And I'm sure you heard the the name Scotty Pippen. And those of you in the Bay Area listening, you know who Steve Kerr is. Okay, unless you're living under a rock, you know Steve Kerr's the head coach of the Warriors, who brought us a championship. Okay, this documentary has like the greatest footage of one of the greatest dynasties ever, and it's on its the last the last year of this run, and it just documents so much stuff. It has Dennis Rodman. Uh, they talk about Dennis Rodman after Scottie Pippen came back from get being healthy because he was injured and also holding out. Dennis Rodman was uh, like a – he was a model citizen during that time. He was doing everything he could. Everything was right. Uh, Him and Michael Jordan were like buddies. And then Scottie Pippen comes back. Dennis Rodman goes to the head coach, Phil Jackson. I'm sure you've heard Phil Jackson. He goes to the head coach and says, I need a vacation. In the middle of a basketball season, he says, I need a vacation. So they call Jordan in there. And Jordan's like, look, Phil, if you let this motherfucker go on a vacation – you're not going to see him. And so they try to compromise with Dennis Rodman, telling him, all right, can you do this little vacation, like mental release thing for like 48 hours? Uh, You know? And uh, so Dennis Rodman basically says, you know, I'll take what I can get. Uh, So he's like, yeah, 48 hours. And Jordan is looking at Phil like you're not going to see this guy. He's not going to come back in 48 hours. So what does Dennis Rodman do? He goes to fucking Vegas. And they don't see him. They have to go. They don't see him for forty eight hours. I think they don't see him for like a week or something like that. So Jordan had to fly up to Vegas and go knock on his hotel and get him out of that goddamn place and take him back to practice. It was it's this documentary is freaking amazing. And this uh, the last this last episode or the last the episodes five and six is a ten part series. So there's still more. You can get caught up. You can go on your uh, ESPN app and it's just streaming for free. I mean, this shit is, it's just a documentary. If you love documentaries. I know I've talked about it before, but it is so good. And it has, it's, I mean, growing up, I didn't really like Jordan. I thought he was a fucking cheater because all you see is a turnaround fadeaway. The dude was so good. But watching this and watching how competitive he was, how he did not want to lose and how, like when he wanted to turn it on, which it was always on, but if you pissed him off, you knew it was coming to you. Like he would make up shit just to piss himself off about somebody. They were talking about they went to Barcelona for the ninety uh, for the ninety two Olympics, and the dream team, like one of the greatest teams ever assembled. Uh, he's going out there, and they end up playing. Uh, they play Croatia in one of the uh, in one of the games, like the opening round or something like that. And on the Croatian team is a guy by the name of Tony Kukoc. They kept calling him Kukoc. I don't even know how to sell it. I I thought it was Kukoc, but maybe it's Kukoc. Who fucking knows? I'm not sure. Anyways, he he was drafted by the Bulls and their big fat GM uh, who nobody likes, who basically broke up one of the greatest teams ever assembled. Um, He was in love with Tony Kukoc. He drafted him to the Bulls and was telling everybody how this guy is going to be the future of the Bulls. He said this during the same time he had fucking Michael Jordan on his team and Scottie Pippen on his team and he's talking about the future when he had fucking Jordan in his prime that's how fucking I mean the guy's a genius cuz he put this team together but then he like lost it i don't know if he was not getting enough like like uh recognition for what he was doing or whatever but he started doing some dumb shit and um so during this episode They're talking about Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen. They never met Tony Kukoc. They know that he was drafted, and they know the GM loved him. But they told everybody on the Dream Team, leave Tony Kukoc for me and Scotty. And they harassed this poor kid on the court. They shut this kid down. They they showed him that he doesn't – like they wanted him to feel like he didn't belong, that he would never come and play in the NBA. And and so they have interviewing – Tony Kukoc about it and he's like I didn't like they didn't know me this was the first time they I have ever met them was at the Olympics yet they wanted to like ruin my life and ruin my career and so it was just funny because these guys didn't like him only because of the GM and he just like I have he had no clue what was going on and they just harassed him and they bullied him on the court and they dominated Croatia. They beat them by like thirty. Well, I mean, they dominated everybody during that time. But it was it was funny seeing the interviews and uh, funny seeing Isaiah Thomas being left out of the the dream team uh, because he was he's a prick. Isaiah Thomas he was a good he's a good basketball player for the Bad Boy Pistons, but he was a jerk, man. Like he he nobody liked him. That's why he he was one of the best point guards in the NBA during that time and probably in the history of uh, basketball. But Nobody fucking liked them. So they left him off. One of the greatest teams ever assembled the dream team. He should have been on the dream team, but Jordan hated, didn't like him. Larry bird. Didn't like him. Magic Johnson didn't like him. And if you got those three dudes, not liking you, you're not going to be on a fucking team. I'll tell you that right now. Cause all, all they have to do is ask Jordan. If Jordan says, I'm not going to play if that fool's on the team. Then guess what? You're not going to be on the team because it's fucking Michael Jordan. Uh, but this documentary has me like having just a new, a new respect for Michael Jordan. Um, just everything that he, you know, he was just competitive and all he wanted to do was win. And then they he wanted, you know, they talk about his shoe deal, how he got to Nike. And it's just crazy because he didn't even want to go. Uh, Converse was the popular shoe back then. Uh, Adidas was a popular shoe. But at the time, Nike was only doing track shoes, you know, just like Olympic track and field stuff. And he didn't even want to go and meet with Nike for a shoe deal, because the other shoe companies like, yeah, he's a good, he's a good player and stuff, but we we don't have, we don't want to invest making a shoe in him. So how dumb does Converse look? I mean, come on, Converse. Now what do you have? <laughs> you get the Chuck Taylor, That's about it. So he goes, but his mom, uh, his mom calls uh, him and tells him you need to go to the meeting and give them an opportunity to pitch what they want to pitch. Okay. They are making the effort. You got to go and let, allow them to do the, to allow them to tell you what they want to do. And you may not like it, but give them the opportunity. So, could you, can you imagine that? And so Jordan, he's like, all right, man, my mom told me to do it. So he flew up there and then boom, the rest is history. (laughs) I mean, that's just an amazing, amazing story about how, like one of the greatest shoes, one of the greatest brands ever created almost didn't happen because he didn't want to go and his mom was like, you need to go and listen to Nike. I mean, could you imagine that? That's some crazy shit just to think about like where, it could have been a different shoe. Like everyone loves Nikes, right? Everyone loves Air Jordans. If it wasn't for Air Jordan, Nike wouldn't be what they are now. Uh, so can you imagine if you went to like like adidas or something like that how it would everything would be different man it's crazy just that little thing that gesture of jordan listening to his mom uh just catapulted him to uh to what he was like nike went into it thinking um we they the executive at the time said we were hoping to sell about three million pairs of shoes or three million dollars worth of shoes in the first year uh it's either $3 million worth or $3 million shoes. I don't know which one it was. But they ended up selling 150 something million dollars worth uh, of shoes. <laughs> the first year. <laughs> Can you imagine? Whoever signed Jordan at Nike, whoever was the one who did the pitch and won him over, I hope that guy got like a raise, a bonus. I hope he is, you know, because that is like the move of a lifetime it's like the sale, the sale of a lifetime, uh, to to go into it hoping for just three million and getting 150 plus, that's fucking amazing, man. It's just crazy how things happen. And uh, going into it as well, um, they start talking about how he's won back-to-back championships now, and then now everyone is, it's like it's like people even today, people are tired of the success of an individual. Uh, especially a celebrity, a sports figure, you, you see it all the time. People are, uh, they get, they're tired of the success. So they're like, well, this guy can't be this great. Like he can't just be this great. Cause the image was this, he was like, it was like Mike. Everyone would be like Mike, right? The commercial. And so now they start digging and they start digging and they're just trying to find stuff to unlike, to just unearth some dirt on uh, the, these characters and stuff like that. So they find, um, you know, there's, he, he was gambling a lot. But the guy, he was gambling a lot, and he was gambling money, but him gambling like $10,000 on a golf course is like you gambling $10, okay? Well, to me, $10, I'm like, hey, I'm not gambling anything. But the point is, he had the money. It's not a gambling problem if you can afford to fucking gamble, okay? He wasn't selling his, he wasn't selling like his house or his car and he wasn't starving or, you know, like – like it, it, so, like, the people that would – like, I never understood, like – they get on Charles Barkley about it as well. Like, oh, he gambles a lot. Oh, he has a gambling problem. Like, it's not a problem if you could afford it, man. Like, you're not – if you have the money to back it up, like, it's not really an issue. And who the fuck cares what the guy does with his money anyways? Why is that even an issue for anybody in the public? Why should we care what athletes do when they're not playing basketball? I know there's people out there that try to – they want to say, well, oh, look at look what he does out here. We don't care. Be honest with yourself, man. We, don't, we only like these guys because they play for your team and you want them to win a championship. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what you do outside of, you know, outside of the court as long as you obviously you're not murdering somebody because that's kind of fucked up. Know why? Because guess what? If you're caught murdering somebody – You're going to jail. And guess what? If you're in jail, you can't help my favorite sports team win. That's how fans really are. The people that come out here and want to just talk about how, you know, well, they have a voice and they need to be. No, they don't like they do have a voice. I get it. I mean, that's cool. They can do whatever they want. But when it comes down to it, I want my favorite player to win for my team. Okay, that's what I want as a fanatic, as a fan. That's what we're rooting for. You know, when they're on the court busting a three, we're not like, yeah, I love his political views. No, you're like, damn, he just hit another three. Let's go. Keep going. You know, you know, like, come on, be real. So they talk about that in the episode that Jordan also one of his biggest knocks is that he never really took a side in political issues. Um, there is it, uh. There was a, I think there was an election down South, I think in North Carolina. Um, one of the first, it would have been one of the first African-American politicians to win a seat or a position in, in North Carolina. Or, um, I forgot what the uh, the guy's name was, but he was going against this, uh, like, uh, apparently like this racist dude who was like no, a known racist. He was going against them and the Afri- I forgot. African-American dude wanted Jordan to like, um basically you know vouch for them or i forgot what it's called when they do that um basically want to show support with them by like going up on a podium and saying i am for this person and jordan never did that he never did that throughout his whole career um i'm not sure he does that even now i think he's doing a little but he stayed away from it and they're interviewing jordan and he's like i never thought of like i don't know politics I never thought of myself as a politician or anything like that. He said, when I was playing, all I thought of myself was an athlete. Like I was a basketball player. That was it. So I didn't, I didn't, he felt he didn't have to go and support this guy, like publicly, like be up in front of a podium and say, I want him here. So it was a big deal. Uh, a lot of people lost lost respect for him um, for not uh, stepping up in that moment. And um, one of his famous lines is he was quoted saying that uh, Republicans buy shoes too, uh, yeah, Republicans buy shoes too, or sneakers too. So basically saying, why am I going to, like, go for, say I'm on this side when the other side, like, why would I go Democrat uh, if the other side also buys shoes? So, you know, it's almost like he's saying he cares about his shoe sales and what he – is uh, what he's trying to do for his business and his brand uh, over like political, uh, racial, political, uh, any type of issues that that happened throughout the time, which are still happening now. So there's a lot of racism in politics back then and probably even now. Uh, but he he didn't really take a side, so he lost a lot of respect for a lot of people. Um, and but that just had me thinking about like. He was talking about how he only saw himself as an athlete and like, it's true. Like, I think we, we all just think we see him as athletes, right? That's how we know him. And yeah, they have this big platform to speak about. I mean, a lot of the athletes now they take stands and they do that stuff and they're, they're taking all this action. Oh, another thing, he, he didn't get in front of a podium and say that he supported this guy or, or he, uh, that, you know, he did that for him, but he, he supported his campaign. He paid, he gave a like donation, like probably a large donation to the guy's campaign. So he did help out, but it wasn't the way that his campaign wanted him to do it, which I think is kind of, it's kind of, it kind of sucks because it's like, look, he gave you a bunch of money to run your campaign. Yeah. He didn't go out in front and say, Hey, I support you and all this other stuff. So I, I mean, I get that's what they wanted because it probably would have pushed him forward because he's one of the biggest athletes in the world. But he just felt like that wasn't his that wasn't his platform, that, that he didn't want to do that. And so I just started thinking, like, I mean, yeah, these athletes, they take stands and they're speaking out because they have this huge platform with social media. Now they can reach so many people. And a lot of the times they, they're speaking as they're speaking for the people. Right. But are they really? That's just a question I want to know. Do you think that athletes, they have the platform? but they get into politics a lot and um, and they feel like sometimes they come out and they, they're like, they're speaking for the people. Now, to me, I've, I've made it known that like millionaires and billionaires, yes, they're humans and they are they are people, but they're not the people. Like they're the few. Those millionaires are the few. And we, the people out there, Are the we are the many so when these athletes are trying to step up and say this and we're in this together and we need to do like I get it, they're trying, they're trying to use their platform, but I really don't think that there's they need to be speaking for us because I don't think they are. They're not maybe they grew up and they were like you know grinding it out, but they're not anymore. They're millionaires, they're billionaires. Um, so it's just it kind of frustrates me. Uh, when I hear it, but it just is, do you think that athletes should be kind of, uh, um, should they stand for politics just to do it? Or, I mean, if they feel it, cause it seemed like in the documentary, regardless of how Michael Jordan felt about anything, they wanted him to do it just because they felt like he needed to do it because, uh, because he's Michael Jordan, he was, he's African American. He needs to support the other African-American candidate um, against the, the the racist guy, which I heard that guy was a horrible dude. Um, you, do, you do some research. He was like a horrible guy. So, I mean, I understand the point. But to backlash on Michael Jordan because he just felt like that wasn't comfortable for him, like, I just don't – I don't believe that. Like, if someone doesn't want to do something, you shouldn't just get on them because you feel like they should do it. Well, it's you should have done it. And the only reason why is because he's super popular and super famous, but he only, you know, he just wanted to play basketball. That's, that was all he was talking. That's all he wanted to do. And uh, that's just him standing by it and kind of still sticking by it and whatnot. I mean, just gave me respect because a lot of times you feel like you have all this pressure, even if you're not an athlete, if you're just a person, you have all this pressure from the outside influences from your peers to like do certain things or think certain ways or feel a certain way if like something crazy is going down or any issue that's out there and you you know a lot of the times you get pressured and if you don't feel a certain way they pressure you and um it happens throughout a lot of different kind of things Uh, it does with politics religion I mean those are like the two main ones that if you don't feel a certain way you're almost you know depending on who you're talking to man they get you if if you're not religious, some religious people, they'll come after you like, oh, how dare you like to think a different way or politicians like they're the same way. I mean, it's set up that way in politics. So my question is, do you feel like athletes nowadays, you see that they're getting political and they stand up for issues, but do you feel like they do speak for you? Do you do they? Because if you look at it, they, they it feels like they're trying to speak to as the people, you know what I mean? And I think as the people. We need to speak for ourselves. We need to start taking stands and realizing that we are we are actually in this together. That we are all the same. That we need to fight because we are the we are the many and they are the few. And they know that once we rise up and we get together, we can overpower anything. We can change anything. But they have mastered the skill and the art of separating us. Um, but with athletes, they they're. They speak a lot. They, they they take stands and they do all this stuff about all sorts of things happening. But do you feel that these athletes speak for you? Are they speaking for the people? Um, should they use their platform, their biggest platform, instead of them speaking? Maybe they should use their interview time and bring somebody up that's on the outside, that's fighting a cause out there that nobody knows. That's not a celebrity that doesn't have the power. Maybe they should take their time that they get. And they bring these people on and use their platform for the allow these people to use their platform because I just don't think it carries as much weight. I don't think it speaks to everybody when millionaires and billionaires try to speak for us. So what the, I think they should do is like, you know, they should use their platform and just kind of step aside and put somebody else in front of it. Cause you guarantee if LeBron James goes on Instagram live, and so people that follow him says, Oh, LeBron James going to Instagram live. And he introduces someone that's doing a cause that's out there. That's, that's, that's worthy. Then everyone's going to tune in because Hey man, if LeBron James thinks this person's good, they're going to listen. And this person can get their message out. And it's no better than the person trying to send the message. Just they should tell it not somebody else. That's a rich person who it doesn't matter if some of these issues play out like like equal pay and equal wages, like people that don't minimum wage, people that don't make that much money. If someone who has all the money in the world is talking about an issue like that, but it really doesn't matter to them because regardless of what the minimum wage is, they're set. So wouldn't you rather hear from someone who's actually doing it out there grinding at these jobs that don't pay enough, hearing their story, feeling and hearing their passion in their voice of how important it is to them. And then it carries more weight knowing that an athlete who had the biggest platform, who has all the money in the world, who can care less about that stuff because it doesn't really affect them, took the time to step aside and use that to listen to this person. I guarantee you messages will go further if athletes use their platform instead of them talking about how much everybody, that they're just like us and they're in it together and they care to use it and have the people that are actually starting and wanting to send the message that they should send it. Um, I think that would help. Um, but like I said, we are, uh, you know, you know, politics and sports, man, like do these athletes speak for you? Should they get it, Should they be so get in the political realm all the time and, uh, get into the stuff. And then all the other side of it, the government and politicians, I. They need to stop worrying about sports so much, or what sports is doing all the time. There's probably there's far bigger issues going on out there. I seen a quote from um, how was it? Joe Biden was like threatening. I forgot what happened. I guess the, the U.S. Women's uh, National Soccer Team. Uh, I mean, they're they're fucking good. They always win the World Cup. okay? uh, so I mean, I don't know how much they get paid, but apparently they're not getting paid a lot uh, or enough. I don't know. I'm sure they're getting paid well. I'm sure they're making a lot of money. But I get the the men's team who doesn't win shit. um, I guess they're making more money. That's the reports. Um, Regardless, uh, Biden, who is, you know, obviously running for president, he there's a quote, he's uh you can look it up. He's basically threatening the US men's national basket uh soccer team, uh the team that represents the United States of America. He's threatening threatening them saying that they need to make or they need to give the women the equal pay or go find your own funding. Don't come to us when you need money for representing the USA, I guess. I mean I'm reading the quote and I'm going like, what the like, what the hell? Like, they're both on the USA team. They both represent the United States of America. And yet you're like threatening them, saying we're not gonna support you, but they represent the United States of America. How is the United States of America not gonna represent a team that represents? It's fucking crazy. And that goes into the pol- like the, the politicians and stuff that seem to like focus on this fucking sports world when there's so much other shit going. On. There's 30 million plus people unemployed in the world right country right now. And this guy amongst other politicians always tend to like throw like sports and sweat. I mean, Trump does the same shit. Like whenever something's going on, he like starts going off about sporting events or, or these people doing that or, the, you know, taking a knee and like all this stuff, they try to like shield us from all the other shit that's going on. Like, Oh, you know, I'm going to throw a quote about sports out here. When like these guys got to start focusing on what needs to happen in the real world, man, sports is an entertainment business. And I get it. We love I love fucking sports. I love sports, but I don't want my government and politicians spending a fucking second even thinking about a sports or sports team or how much athletes get paid. Like the fact that that's even a thing. These athletes get paid money. Talk about the people that aren't getting paid. The people that aren't making much money, that are working every day, that aren't playing a sport. Like, I don't want my government worrying about that shit. It drives me crazy because there's so much other things going on in this country that need to get fixed. And they get fixated on athletes and sports and sports teams. And, well, they should be doing this. And, like, all the news you hear about, it just drives me crazy. So, you know, so there's always, there's two sides of it. Athletes and politics, politics and athletes. It's, I don't know. I don't I don't think athletes and people like that should speak for us. I think it's time for the people to start speaking for themselves. I think we need to start realizing that we are in this together. And, um, you know, I mean, it just drives me crazy because just seeing how much backlash. And it all started from seeing Jordan, okay? The guy is a millionaire or whatever. It was just all this backlash from him. He went from, like, one of the greatest athletes, everybody loved him, to, like, you know, people are kind of looking at him differently because he didn't do something that they wanted him to do. And it, like, they wanted him to do something just because they wanted to and they thought that that was what he had to do. And it's just people shouldn't be forced to do stuff like that. And, I you know, I respected him for that. Also, he's just a fucking fierce competitor. The guy never wanted to lose. Like, he, he was just... He was crazy competitive. And I asked him, do you have a gambling problem? He was, no, I have a competitive problem. <laughs> I, just, I laughed. I was like, yeah, that's fucking right. Um, but yeah, you definitely got to check out that documentary. And um, even if you don't like sports, I mean, like I said, just watch it. It's interesting. It shows about what's going on during that time. And it's just like it's flashing back to it starts out. It's like in 1998. But then they go back and they tell stories and backstories. So you're, like, flashing back, and you're going, like, you're time traveling um, back into time, and you're doing all this stuff, and you're you're getting to see all these highlights of the games and stuff, and you realize, man, Jordan was a bad man, man. That guy could do whatever he wanted to do on the basketball court. Um, so it was pretty cool to see the flashbacks and all the uh, other cool stuff, and just, you know, you're, all, you're almost, like, time traveling, you know? Um, start remembering, oh, shit, man, I remember watching that game, or, oh, you see a player that he was he was dominating, you're like, oh, man, I all right welcome back thank you for listening to that little ad promo um yeah before the promo i was i don't know what the hell happened i fucking forgot how to breathe or something i started like choking in my car right now uh so i was like i'll just stop it and hit the do the promo thing little recording um anyways i'm back and just bringing it back to the um watching the documentary just check it out it's good I uh, Trust me, you'll like it. Um, but it just started also uh, as I started rambling off about politics and sports and what kind of angers me about things. It also ha- had me remembering, like, just traveling back and seeing all that other stuff. What would you do if you could travel back in time and go see a sporting event? You had one chance. You had, you had one opportunity to go back in time. And watch something, a uh, sporting event. <clears throat> Even if you don't like sports, something that's memorable that you've read about or you've seen on TV or the news. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what what would you do? Where would you go? What game would you watch? What event would you watch? Um, and maybe you know a why? Maybe it was something that you you watched on TV, but you it'd be so cool to go to during the game. Um. Oh, my goodness. So it started me, uh, <clears throat> had me thinking about that. Man, I'm fucking up right now. <laughs> and I don't know how to edit. So you guys are going to hear all of this. Ah, and, uh, if I could t- travel back in time, uh, I think, I mean, as a, I mean, as a Raider fan, I think as a Raider fan, um, if I could travel back in time, I know there's so many events back there. There's so many classic things I want. But just – I remember how excited I was when the Raiders uh, went – made it to the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. I know they got the shit kicked out of them. Uh, I know they got the shit kicked out of them uh, by Tampa Bay. Um, But the the AFC championship game before it, like it was – as a fan, I mean, I never thought I would see – you know, you never see the day, but – just watching it and celebrating, I would have loved to be in the Coliseum that night to celebrate an AFC Championship game, knowing that they that knowing that they uh, are going to the Super Bowl. I think that would have been the greatest feeling, being in that stadium, because I've been in when I go to Raider games and when they win, even just when they win in those games, the celebrating, the the camaraderie, everything. You're like a family inside that stadium. As long as you're wearing Raider gear. You're a family in there, man. Like you're high-fiving complete strangers. You're freaking hugging people. You're celebrating. You're just you're just in that moment with all these people that you're sharing that common interest, that common bond. And it's like the strongest fucking feeling ever. So those of you who are fans and stuff like that, I know you know what I'm talking about. But I think celebrating an AFC championship, knowing you're going to the Super Bowl and just kind of celebrating that, that would have been something I would have loved to go back to. And, uh, and witness um, <laughs> along with like the world series, the A's, A's beating the giants. That would be cool. Um, I would love to go back and see Michael Jordan play. That would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I would go back to, but just you out there, like what would you do if you can time travel, go back. And maybe it's not even sports related. If you had one chance, they told you, you, you know, you, scientists came and said hey you got one chance to go back in time to do something for a day and then after the day's over with you're coming right back and so what would you do um i mean you can get all graphic and like get super dark and be like yeah i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna like murder someone who's like horrible or whatever But just try to keep it positive okay <laughs> try to keep it something that you were that you remember or you remember reading about um uh, me, I mean, I just, I love football so much. I love the Raiders so, anybody who knows me, I love the Raiders, okay? Um, so I'd love to go there and just experience it with the fans, man. It'd be fucking, oh, the parking lot would have been crazy. It'd have been all night. Um, just seeing, yeah. <clears throat> or being, uh, yeah, I don't know. That that would have been pretty awesome. Seeing the A's play, um, it'd be pretty cool. And so that's one question. So, you know, hit. make sure you, uh, you know, Leave some comments, email your answers, and I'll, I'll read them on the air and uh, talk about them and let everybody know, you know, what your guys' uh, little fantasy time travel thing would have been. Uh, it'd be cool to see. It'd be cool to read. So I look forward to uh, seeing what you would do for that one day that you would get to, uh, get to go do something. I mean, it doesn't have to be sports related. I just like sports. But I mean, oh, my God, the whole day leading up to, like, the AFC Championship day – You'd Be in the parking lot. He'll, oh my god, it'd been it would have been glorious. Glorious. Um but then also for you documentary fans, uh, probably geared towards sports fans or um or yeah, probably sports-related, but uh what because the bulls did this whole thing with the documentary, and I hear that uh um Kobe Bryant had a film crew recording his last season with the Lakers. Uh also I mean seeing kobe Bryant in the documentary he had they interviewed him as well like recently interviewed him you know and just reminded he kind of kind of reminded you like damn man i can't believe he died i mean that was crazy um i never in my lifetime i had like a an athlete that big die that young or that soon like in my lifetime and so the whole thing was pretty crazy i mean that is uh it was crazy to see him he was in the documentary so it was uh it's pretty sad to see uh, all those people that lost their lives, just, I don't even know. It's just, it's crazy how things work. Oh, excuse me. And um, so got me thinking again, like what documentary would you love to see about a a sports team, like a sports season? Like, because they documented a lot of stuff and they had a lot of footage over something. Um, so it'd be cool. Uh, what would you say? I mean, I heard Kobe Bryant, like I said, Kobe Bryant has a, a uh, film crew that documented his last season, so that's going to be crazy to see. Um, Clay Thompson came out says he has a documentary about his rehabilitating his torn uh, ACL, I believe it was. Uh, so he's his injury recovery, so that should be cool. I know Facebook did those those little mini series with Tom Brady and Steph Curry. Those things were awesome. Um, like just documentaries and seeing you seeing how much work these fucking guys put in. It's like, it's crazy. I mean, these guys got to put in so much work to get to where they're at. Um, it makes me feel lazy. <laughs> um, but I think if I can get a documentary about a team, I think it would have to be like the 19, 1989 world champion Oakland Athletics. I mean, that would be fucking badass to watch. If they had just like, personal, in-depth footage of, like, everything. I mean, you had Jose Canseco on the team, Mark McGuire, Ricky Henderson, freaking Dave Stewart, Terry Steinberg, all these guys. I mean, just Jose Canseco alone, just following him around. would be, like, the, probably equivalent of Dennis Rodman. I mean, can you imagine a camera crew catching? What would they catch? I mean, probably steroids, of course. But I would love to see that crew. Cause that school, that the eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety, like those A's teams, they should have won multiple championships, but they, they they didn't do it. But they were stacked. Ricky Henderson, oh my god, could you imagine a documentary with Ricky Henderson and Jose Canseco on it? Tony La Russa, holy shit, I would love to see a documentary about that 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 year that team. Um, I think it'd be fucking, it'd be pretty cool. And I mean, I, I'm hoping a lot of teams are doing it or they're dusting off old footage now and thinking, oh man, we're gonna do a documentary because this documentary is just killing it right now. It is just dominating um, the airways. It's like the most anticipated thing to watch. It comes out every Sunday um, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, also another one, just what kind of documentary would you like to see made? I will try to reach out I mean I'm sports related I love sports, but you know it's just a documentary in general that maybe you that you haven't seen that you don't that you haven't seen if maybe it's not out there that you would love to see someone make a documentary about uh, I love documentaries I watch them all the time, so for me, I think I'd go back and do the AFC championship game a little time travel, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys would do um <clears throat> Also, like, a documentary. Something that hasn't been made that you would like to see. Like, I would love to see 1989 Oakland A's. Also because they would be beating the Giants. And I don't like the Giants. I'm not a fan. I'm an East Bay guy. I'm Oakland A's. I'm Oakland Raiders. Uh, Golden State Warriors, you know. And The Warriors, you know, they're in San Francisco now. But anyways. Um, don't ask me why. I just don't like them, okay? I do, and everybody knows I don't like them. And it's... I, I remember every instance where, I mean, I remember everything about sports and what I watch and these little moments that tick me off. Um, there's a moment a long time ago, I think I was only, uh, I think I was only two kids deep at the time and me and my wife were, uh, I think we were moving or something. I don't know what we were doing. It was a long, it was a while ago. Um, and we're packing up Hey, I think we're moving or we're moving in. Uh, somewhere, and we're packing up, and the Raiders and the Niners are playing, and I'm watching it on TV, and I, so I'm like, I'm acting like I'm packing, but I'm not doing shit, I'm watching the game, okay, I'm, I'm like, I, these guys can't, because if they lose, as a Raider fan, if they lose to the fucking Niners, you're never going to hear the end of it, okay, Niner fans will never let you hear the end of the goddamn story, um, and you have to wait forever, because they don't always play, so it's like, they're it over our head, You remember when we knocked, it's like, god damn it. So, I'm watching this game, and, you know, my wife, she does not really care about sports. Uh, she's, like, not, well, I mean, I'm a fanatic, so, I, apparently, I, like, I ruined sports for her. Anyways, um, she's not really into sports, but she she has, like, a Steve Young jersey in the closet. So, I mean, I guess she's a Niner fan. <laughs> All right, so, uh, little, there's a backstory. Anyways, I'm watching the game, and she knows I'm a freaking Raider fan, and the, and, And so the Niners end up winning and I'm like, I yell out, you know, I fucking hate it. So I'm like, fuck. And so that she knew that the Niners had beat my Raiders and I know she knew that I fucking can't stand it. And so I'm pissed off. And in the back, she's like in a back room doing something. I hear a whoo, like, and I almost fucking lost my mind. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, oh my Lord. It drove, me, it drove me fucking crazy. I didn't want to do shit. I probably packed the shit out of stuff and broke hella things, but I knew she did it on purpose, and I fucking hated it. Just a little, that's all it was, was just a little, Woo. like, you got to be fucking out of your mind. Anyways, um, but yeah, what would you go back to? <laughs> what would you time, to? man, I just rant, and I go, and I ramble, and I love it. And I hope you love it, too. Um, but yeah, what would you go back to do? Uh if you had a day to time travel, whether it be a sports event or just something, what would you do? What would you do? Where would you go? Uh and a a documentary that you want to see made. Uh that's not made already, that you would just you would absolutely want you would love to see it made because you would watch the shit out of it. Uh I would it'd be like the nineteen eighty nine Oakland A's championship team for me. Uh I look forward to seeing and reading what you guys have. Um don't be shy about the comments. Um you can reach me at victoryofthepeople83 at gmail.com. That's the podcast email. You can email me anything on there. I will read it. Um, reach out to me. Also, I have a, uh, a Facebook page. Uh, it, I think you can find that at victoryofthepeople83. Um, follow the page. Like the page. Um, share the content. Those of you I'm on, uh, that are just podcast listeners... Um, I'm on all the major ones, uh, so continue to follow. Make sure you, uh, you know, you like it, you rate it, you comment it, uh, you subscribe to it, you do anything you can, and share it for me. You know, let people know if you enjoy it and you think other people might enjoy it. Let's get this podcast moving along. Let's get some more ears. Uh, but you know, uh, I'm I'm enjoying this so far. I'm gonna try to do every Tuesday, every Friday. Uh, so just two podcasts a week and, um, I look forward to seeing the comments. And like I said, this is, this has been really fun. I've, I've really enjoying it. And I, I do see all the people that are, that are following it and I can see the, uh, the, how many times people are listening. And it's just really cool that people are taking the time out of their day to just listen to, you know, listening to me rant and ramble about, you know, whatever I got going on. Um, I'm looking to book some guests, uh, like I said, I'm going to try to get my mom on at some point. Uh, I, my, I'm i trying to get my dad to come on there as well. I got some friends that I'm going to try to get on here and just get some opinions and stuff like that. So that we can get a different perspective and maybe a little back and forth uh, about certain things. You know, I, I try to tell, uh, you know, I told, uh, I told my dad, you know, my people will call your people. We'll get in touch. And um, reality, it's just me. I'll call him again. I mean, that's my people is me calling him. Uh, I'll probably end up calling my mom here, uh, seeing when she want to be on, and we'll try to set that up. Um, and, yeah, you get to you get to hear my parents on the air. They are incredible human beings. Uh, they raised me. Hopefully they raised me right. <laughs> uh, the jury's still out. But, um, yeah, I really appreciate everything. So just find me. I'm on Apple Podcasts. Obviously, if you're listening, you've already found me. Uh, But you can reach out to me at uh, victoryofthepeople83 at gmail.com. Facebook, Victory of the People 83. Um, I'm even on Twitter at VOTP83. Um, You can reach out. You can find me there. I post some stuff there as well. Um, So I am going to end this now and hope you guys have a – I got to come up with like like an end saying, right? Something like really clever and catchy to say when I'm ending the show, but I really don't fucking know what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> uh, anyways, enjoy your Taco Tuesday, and if you've been listening to my podcast, be careful on Taco Tuesday. Also, uh, Happy Cinco de Mayo. Um, it's a good celebration. I know it's on a Tuesday, but you know some of the some of you people that aren't that don't have to work, um, take the time out and celebrate, man. It's on a Tuesday. I mean, I don't know when the next time a Cinco de Mayo is gonna land on Taco Tuesday. But uh, I mean, it's a perfect fit. So enjoy your day. Enjoy life. Be nice to people. um, And, you know, keep on listening. I will, you will hear from me. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Bye.